Blog Talk Radio. This, this is all it about all about wine. The talk show you can find industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do in this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From, from coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post yeah. your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutwinebtr. That's www.facebook.com forward slash all about wine DTR. And now, all about wine is on. Here's why. Oh, the old We still have the old, old uh, ending on that. Uh, you know, when the bus pulls yep. up, it has all the uh, marketing things on there. They're like, no, that's wrong. It needs to, we need to take off some of those and add the, all the other ones. So, uh, yeah. Well, I'll you know, every time too. I hear the bus people screaming and yelling, I always think of of uh, the Muppet Show on Kermit throwing his hands around and all oh, that. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's always, show. yeah, I always think of Kermit whenever yeah. all the bus people are yelling. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, everybody like else will. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we can maybe we that and, and use that part too. That would be good. Um, right. um, so, well, all about wine is, in for another yeah. show. Yeah. Uh, April seventh. April seventh. Nineteen. Uh, oh. <laughs> nineteen twenty-two. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah. Oh, 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 <laughs> if you're listening okay, to the show, nineteen twenty-two. Good for you, yeah. your time. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Now, well, another show of all about wine with information and just some interesting facts. We don't have mm-hmm. anything, no guest, but we got a guest next week. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. I, I'm working on other guests that hopefully we will be able to uh, get over the next uh, few weeks here. In fact, we've got some English sparkling wine uh, wineries that we're talking. And uh, Melissa is the one that's helping us book those, and so hopefully that will happen soon. Uh, we also have a Nathan, who is a climate change expert who is going to be talking to us hopefully soon about how wines are being affected by climate change and let's see what else we have here uh we've got a uh, restaurant well we got wait a minute now listen we got some people from georgia not the state but the country who uh, we're trying to get on the show and oh all sorts of stuff here so uh Hang in there. Stay with us. We've got some great guests coming up and some interesting stuff that should be should be a lot of fun. Let's see. Our guest next week. Uh, let me see what. Uh, 
I was trying to see what his expertise is in case anybody wanted to write oh, us Oh, that's any... uh, Chris. Chris, okay, Chris there you go. Chris co-founder of a bar of... Wine cocktails. Yep. And so, <laughs> in fact, they're supposed to be sending me some recipes for wine cocktails. So I will, I will be posting them up on our Facebook page. And if you have any questions for Chris, then get them in to us, and we'll be more than happy to address them to him, if you will, uh, if you want to give us some of the – any questions. But he's uh, he has a bar, and they do wine cocktails, and he said they're pretty popular, so we'll talk to him next week. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Uh, something else that was here. Hmm. Yeah, I, I – Oh, yeah, I'm going to talk to you about this, Mike, and so everybody else, you can listen in on this conversation, but Vine and Stein Magazine is from the Fayetteville Register, Fayetteville County Register, and I get their email, and I've been getting their email for some time, and I don't know why, but I'm happy I do, because it's an interesting email, but Becky from Vine and Stein magazine wanted to know if we wanted to advertise. And I told her, we don't advertise. We Most of the people is word of mouth and stuff like that. And I said, we really don't have a have a budget for advertising or anything. We want nowhere to advertise and to hit those people, you know, right. who were and, you know. So I explained to her and she said, oh, she understands completely. And I told her, thank you. I've been getting the email of the Fayette County Register for some time, and I enjoy it. So she wrote back, and she said, I'll tell you what I'll do. She said, if you would like to write up a little bit about All About Wine, she would be happy to throw it in one of the issues as, you know, just a a write-up about us and tell us about it. And I said, well, great, thank you. So, and the reason I'm talking to you, Mike, if if you would like to do a little write up a little history in your free time uh, mm-hmm. between 1 and yeah. 2 in the morning. Uh, we'll get that sent out, and she'll publish that in the Fayetteville <laughs> County Register. So, Something short, like uh, 14, 15 pages or so would be good? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't go over 15, yeah. And less than 15? Okay. Yeah, keep it less than 15. Don't double space, though. Keep it less than 15, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, just you know, a little history of what we do and how people can find us and stuff like that. But she says she'll publish hey. it for free. So, uh, wow. Uh, I said thank you, Becky, and I told her we'll get something out to her. And then when I told my engineer about it, and she says you need to have Mike do that. And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. And then I started to think, boy. She doesn't think I'm capable of doing it. She wants you to do it. And <laughs> so, um, I, but I didn't call her on that. I, mean, I, I, could, I, could, I could do like uh, I could do like my perspective, you know, of that part of it, and then pass it over to you, and and you could you can fill in some stuff and add, and, add a few things at the end. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in between, that, you know, like yeah, know, something that, just. Sounds good, yeah. Do something. 
collaboration. There you go. Do an email and send it over to me, and I'll I'll finish it up and I'll send it in to her then. So yeah, sounds good. All right, sounds good. But I just I'm going to say that before I forgot it, and I would have forgotten it. And so I'm going to do it. Cool. So you can start. You can start doing that, and then once you get it to me, I'll finish it up and I'll get it to her. But Vine and Stein Magazine, uh, they come out with the Fayette, Fayetteville Register. Was that Fayetteville, Georgia, Arkansas, North Carolina, South Carolina? That is. Which is no, which, uh, I don't know. Fayetteville Georgia. County Record nine seven nine is the area code. Hmm. Let me uh, get my team of uh, experts here. Yeah, you know, nine seven nine. Yeah. Uh oh, it's in Texas. Oh. What? Call the station, Brian. Hold on a second. I'm going to look this up here. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I oh. thought they were in the Carolinas. I really did. I thought it was in the Carolinas. Oh, cool. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. I guess it could be a Fayette, Fayette County clerk is in that's LaGrange, Texas. I've been to LaGrange. Have you? Um, Got a connection yeah. there. Yeah, many years ago, but yeah. that's like uh, that's where I think it is. Yeah, I think so. Lagrange, Texas, up there. Not that late. Yeah. So, um, so we know. Okay. So get a get a uh, get get a little thing started and send it to me. I'll finish it up. We'll send it to her. So she's yeah. gonna do it okay. for us for for free because she's a really nice lady and she likes what we do. So. Good, cool. Thank you. All right. So, uh, let's see what else we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about. Hell, let me get get some uh, some facts and figures for you here. Fun facts and figures about wine in this country. I, I don't know if you all did National Drink Wine Day. That was back in February. I, I try to keep you up on that stuff and tell you when all that stuff is. But uh, in fact, let me. Dig out my book here. Oh, I see my book. Huh? It's okay. There, I got it. And my calendar from my book. And let's see what we got coming up this next next week here. Okay, this is April, and this is April. Okay, today's the seventh National Burrito Day. Is today National Emp- uh, Empanada Day? Tomorrow. Uh, Saturday, National Winston Churchill Day, and that's for the cigar. Uh, for all of you out there who are is after the famed British statesman, but it's for the cigar. Uh, Palm Sunday coming up this Sunday, and that's also National Siblings Day, so get your sibling a bottle of wine. Monday, National Pet Day. Tuesday, National Colorado Day. Wednesday, National Peach Cobbler Day. And then next Thursday, National Gardening Day. So we got all sorts of different celebratory days coming up in this next week. And let's see what we got. This month of April, I didn't tell you last week, last week, but month of April. Michigan Wine Month is April. Also, it's British Columbia Wine Month. So there's a couple months to celebrate there, and a couple of things to celebrate for the month, and nothing else. We the next 
Palm Sunday and uh, Raman Devama, Devami. I'm not sure. It sounds like a, a Muslim holiday. I don't know. And then next Thursday, when Chris is our guest, we it's an Tanit Day, which is a actually a well-planted grape around the world. The Tanit grape is really planted a lot. But that's next Thursday. So there you go. That's what's coming up over the next next week here. But National Wine Drinking Day or National Drink Wine Day. And I need to say that right because it seems so often that we will have a National Drink Wine Day and then all of a sudden we'll see something that says National Wine Drinking Day because they do that. They just throw different different names and have them at different times. So National Drink Wine Day was back in February. But here is some reports or some um, information for you that you may find interesting. 770, uh, yeah, 770,322,162. That's the number of wine gallons produced by the U.S. wineries in 2020. And that's the latest year they have all these statistics on. That is according to the 2022 February report from the TTNB, Tobacco and Trade Bureau. So uh, they keep reports for everything, beer, wine, spirits. Same report says that the top 14 wineries out of the 770 million, the top 14 wineries produce 418,281,881 gallons. So it's like, oh my gosh, they way more than a half just from the 14 top wineries. We knew that. We've talked about how that works, and we've known that. 895,000. That is the total number of California's grape acreage in 2020. Again, that's from the California Department of Food and Drug Agriculture, the California Grape Acreage Report, and that's from 2022. The leading type of varieties that were planted out of that 895,000 acres, Chardonnay, number one, and Cabernet Sauvignon, number two, which, you know, we can almost guess that and be pretty accurate. 147,413 dollars. Let me say that again. 147,413 dollars. That's the maximum price of a bottle of the world's most expensive wine, Domaine Leroy uh, Musseny Grand Cru. That's per standard 750 milliliter bottle. That same wine's average reported price. Now, this is, isn't for anything particular, but that same wine over the years, average reported price, $43,610. Makes you shiver, doesn't it? I mean, it makes you just, you, you sort of shiver. It makes you just shake your head and, and wonder why. Well, to be included on winesearchers.com's list of the world's most expensive wines, by the way, a wine must have at least five offerings spanning at least four vintages, two of which must have been in the last 10 years. 
So that's how they get it. Wine Searcher, I've looked on Wine Searcher quite a few times for stuff, and that's, that is how they get their price for the most expensive. Five spanning at least four vintages, two of those in the last 10 years. Valentine's Day by the numbers. Here you go. $558,000. That's the price of the most expensive bottle of wine ever sold at a Sotheby's auction. That was in 2018. Again, this is according to Wine Spectator magazine. That was for a 750 milliliter bottle of Domaine de la Romne Conte, a 1945 vintage. 11,053. That's the number of U.S. wineries as of November 2021. So this is a rather recent statistics here. 11,053. Now, of those, 4,763 are in California. That's down. That, that really is down. I was, I used to quote statistics on the number of wineries, and California used to have over 5,000. Now they're down below 4,000. I bet... Well, there's two factors I think I would have to consider. The pandemic, for one, probably caused it, and bigger wineries buying out smaller wineries. Every single day, it seems like, I see a report of another small winery being bought by a big winery. But uh, 11,053 in the United States and 4,763 just in California. 21. That is the national minimum drinking age. And it might be different in different states for beer, but the national minimum drinking age for wine. This was established in 1984. I bet you all didn't know that, did you? States that bumped the age up to 21 to comply with the new minimum drinking age back when it went up saw a 16% average decline in motor vehicle crashes. Think about it for a second. 18 to 21 year olds were drinking when they quit allowing them to drink. It's on 16% decline in crashes. Substantial, really. 3.09 gallons. That's the total wine consumption per U.S. resident per year according to the Wine Institute's 2020 estimates. And this per capita estimate is based on Census Bureau figures. And the organization says the estimate would be higher if we're based on legal drinking age population. <laughs> and there I gave you the stats for over 21, and then they say that. And then the last one, one billion number of gallons of wine consumed collectively by U.S. residents in 2020. One billion gallons of wine this country drank in 2020. All right, people. And Florida is, is a big, big drinker. I, when I was teaching my classes, I had statistics, updated statistics that I used to report to people about how California was one of the biggest wine drinking states in the country. I don't know where they are now. It's been six years plus since I've closed the winery, and so it's been about seven, seven and a half years since I've dug out stats on that. But 
California is right up there in the toward the top, if not the top, bouncing up and down every once in a while. And the Tampa Bay area had a distinction of being one of the biggest drinking areas of wine in the state of Florida. Again, I don't know how it stands now, but at the time it was right one of the biggest drinking wine areas in the country and one of the biggest drinking wine states in the country. And so, therefore, we really uh, was holding our own here in Florida. So... That is some statistics to start off your day. Okay. This isn't about wine, but I saw this, and I'm going to share this. Since I just gave you some statistics about wine, I wanted to share this a little bit with you. This is about beer. I know this show's about wine, but since we're giving some wine statistics, I'm going to tell you some stuff about beer here quickly. Says American craft brewers have rebounded from the pandemic with an 8% annual growth this last year and 24.8 million barrels of beer produced in 2021. Uh, Florida, well, actually, Tampa Bay area has the most local breweries of anywhere in Florida. There are 99 breweries in the Tampa Bay area, and that contributes $3.1 billion to the area economy every year. Wow. Tampa was number seven in the nation producing craft brewing companies last year. So Tampa's right up there. I don't know what the others are. Well, let's see. Maybe I can click on this. Let me click on it. Yes, it will. Okay, what do we got? Let me see. Okay, here we go. Fifty Top 50 craft brewing companies. Uh, Yingling, out of Pottsville, Pennsylvania, number one. Boston Beer, out of Boston, uh, number two. Sierra Nevada, out of Chico, California, three. Uh, Duval Mortgat. USA. I don't know what they make, but they're Paso Ropas, California, Kansas City, Missouri, and Cooperstown, New York. Gambrinus, <clears throat> excuse me, out of Berkeley, California, and Shriner, Texas, is number five. And then uh, Bell's Brewery, six. Uh, Canarchy is seven. Teasonal Brewing Ventures, eight. Stone Brewing 9, and Sweetwater Brewing 10. And then it goes on down from there. It gives all 50. I'm not going to go through all 50. Everybody's going, yay! Um, So those are the top 10. Yeah, the top 10 craft brewing companies. And the biggest overall brewing company, Anheuser-Busch. St. Louis, Missouri. Most incurs number two, Constellation. Number three in Constellation owns a lot of wineries. Heineken, four, and Paps Brewing, five. Uh, Diego is six, and Diego owns a lot of wineries, too. Wow. So those are your overall six overall top brewing they have a list of 50 on those two, which I am not going to go through. 
but let's go back to the statistics before we got into this. Uh, craft beer increase easily exceeded the overall beer market, which grew by only 1%, whereas beer grew by 8%. Uh, 9,069 breweries were operated at the end of the year, and openings exceeded closures nearly fourfold. That's quite a statistic there. You're seeing breweries all over Newport Ritchie, the little town, just a little Main Street town where I live right here. Uh, although we're suburbs all over, but Newport Ritchie downtown has like three craft breweries right in the little town itself, two of them right next to each other. So it's 9,069 we're operating at the end of the year. And even though it's a bounce back year, they're still struggling. Uh, they expect by the end of the year, some of them aren't going to make it. It's make or break year for many of the breweries. Uh, hopefully the easing of restrictions will let them be able to keep operating as also with wineries. Uh, the easing of restrictions with any luck is going to be able to Keep wineries open. Napa Valley Wine. We got a um, yes. Oh, sorry. While you're talking about stats, uh, we have yes. a, a message come in from Facebook from Carolyn. Uh, she says, uh, "Here's a number for you, Kansas City Royals." Hold on. Uh, here we go. Kansas City Royals win opening day three to one. Settle down, folks. And there will be beer. So, uh, ah. yes, I, I bet there will be. Congratulations. Uh, yeah, there you go. Congratulations, Royals. <laughs> like, uh, this was the first day today, wasn't it? They, everybody yes, it was. Reported the in, first, in, uh, yeah, everybody's fine yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. The first oh, day of oh, the regular okay. season started today. Ah, yeah. yeah. Well, that, news. I was like, ah, congratulations. That piqued my curiosity. I, I, uh, mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Let's see what they did today. Uh, and yeah, it they doesn't were all pro, they were pro- No, oh. they don't play until tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, they they play tomorrow at three ten. So they didn't start today. Hmm. But oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, congratulations, the, the Royals. The, the Royals Cleveland for, Guardian. The Cleveland they, they Guardian. Cleveland Guardians, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, Guardians? Guardians, that yeah. That happened last year that. because, you know, they, that happened last year because mm-hmm. they said that mm-hmm. Indians were offensive. So after much complaint yeah. over, over the years, they finally got around to saying, okay, it is offensive, and they changed it to mm-hmm. Guardians. But then they had a problem with Guardians, too, because the local – uh, roller derby team is called the Guardians uh, up there in Cleveland, <laughs> and so they uh, the roller derby Guardians were complaining that the baseball team was still in their name, and I don't know. I guess the baseball team won because they're called the Guardians now. So, yes, but yeah. congratulations, Royals, on your. You're, you're in first place yeah. now. If the World Series were held today, you would be going to the playoffs, which 
<laughs> the way the Royals have been playing, that might be the only day they do it. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Royals are Kansas City fans. My um, engineer <laughs> just brought me a King Stag, California 2019 Merlot. I'll tell you what, this bottle weighs about 20 pounds. This is a heavy bottle. Jeez. King Stag Merlot, it says, inspired by the noble creature's grace and natural elegance, King Stag wineries reflect the ground, uh, the, the proud, well, let me get into the light here so I can read this, the proud lineage and rich terror of California's most acclaimed wine-growing regions. This majestic Merlot envelops your senses with dark cherries and plums, setting a background for mature tannins and moderate acidity. Its superb balance and refined character make this wine a noble presence, whether enjoyed with food or simply relished on its own. That was rather poetic. <laughs> a stag, a stag's, a king stag, king stag. Pretty bottle too. It's got antlers all over it and everything. It's a pretty cool bottle. I mean, on the labels and stuff. All right. First thing we want to do is look at the color. A nice garnet color. Not real thick, but most merlots aren't real, real dark. But nice garnet color. Not getting a lot of aroma yet. Let's see what we got here. Oh, there we go. I'm getting a little plumminess on this. That's about the only thing. You haven't tried anything? A little plumminess is on. Huh, that plumminess comes out in the flavor, too. That's unusual. You usually don't get that in the flavor. And some dark berries, blackberry, a little blackberry. I'm doing a second sip. Oh, very good. I thought it was when I was going to pick up more alcohol than what I did, but it's it's nice. What's the alcohol level on this? Uh, oh, there it is thirteen. Thirteen percent alcohol. Average, average for red wine, not outrageous. So, uh, very good. This King Stag, uh, nice, nice red wine that I will thank you. Uh, be enjoying with my program tonight. Are joined with. I don't know why people innocent with with. It always drives me crazy. Um, Next thing here is a list of wineries, top 25 wineries in Napa Valley. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, not Napa. Best Bay Area wineries to visit in 2022. This is out of the San Francisco Chronicle, obviously. I've been telling you I do it. Uh, I subscribe to that. This is a list of the San Francisco Chronicle. Top 25 wineries, spring 2022, best Bay Area wineries to visit. That's the title of this. And uh, I'll try to put this on the Facebook page, page so it will be up there so you all can see it. Uh, it should, should go through pretty easily. Okay. 
Arius Wines, located in Hillsburg. Uh, Hillsburg. Uh, and I'm going to tell you the winery, and I'm also going to tell you the place, and I'm also going to tell you how much they charge for tasting, which this is one of the things that jumped out at me on this list here, the cost for tasting. I'll tell you at the end why that is. Arius Wines in Hillsborough, it's, uh, if you're going to go up there, it's going to end up costing you $40 for tasting, $40 tasting fee. I don't know what you get for these tastings. I I think a lot of them give you a flight of wines. Um, and flights differ. So that really isn't a, a whole lot on that. Uh, the next one here is Antica, Napa Valley, uh, located in Napa Valley. It says here that the uh, $45 tasting fee on this one will get you a private guided tasting of four Antica wines and a hearty spread of cheese, fruit, salami, and bread. Well, that's cool. They give you something to eat with it. Uh, $45 tasting fee, though. Jeez. Uh that's ninety bucks if two of you go to that. They better give you some cheese. Okay, uh, Brock Cellars, located in Berkeley, California, just across the the bridge from San Francisco. Ten dollar tasting fee there, which is reasonable, I think. Corson Winery in St. Helena, which is in Napa, seventy five dollar tasting fee. Definitely. Oh, unbelievable. Uh, $75. You know, a lot of these places, though, will credit you that money toward a purchase. So, you know, which goes to say that the wines are probably expensive, but. Uh, and it says that they're. Uh, let's see. Flights of wine may include vintages that are 10 or more years old, but still, $75. Faust Wines, $75 for that tasting fee. Frog's Leap, located in Rutherford, which is up in Napa, $45 tasting fee. Hendry Ranch Wines in Napa, $50. Hudson Vineyards in Napa, $65. Idlewild Wines in Hillsburg, $40. After me saying some of these other prices, you hear 40 and you're going, wow, that's cheap. Iron Horse Vineyards in Sebastopol, $30. Joseph Swan Vineyards, located in Forestville. Um, not quite sure. Russian River, here we go. In the Russian River, $20, but you've got to drive a little bit further north for that. Keenan Winery in St. Helena, $50 tasting fee. Lola Wines in Calistoga, $25 tasting fee. Mary Edwards Winery in Sebastopol, $25. Mount Eden Vineyards in Saratoga, $30. Porter Creek in Hillsburg, $30. Preston Farm in Hillsborough, $35. Reeve Wines in Hillsburg, $35. Ridge Vineyards in Montebello, 
They're charging only twenty. Robert Sinsky Vineyards in Napa, forty dollars. Rhyme R Y M E Rhyme Cellars in Forestville, twenty five dollars. Saintsbury Winery in Napa, thirty five dollars. Schransburg Vineyards in Calistoga, fifty dollars. Storybook Mountain in Calistoga, fifty dollars. And Unti, U-N-T-I, Unti in Hillsburg, $25. And, you know, like I read on you know, some of those others, those tasting fees, they, you get other stuff with it. Some of you get little cheese trays, and most of them allow you to apply the tasting fee toward a purchase. And so a lot of it is understandably reasonable. But, I was going to explain to you why you're getting so much of these costs. And it all boiled down. Napa used to be free. Most all the wineries. You'd go in there and you can taste two or three wines, four wines, five wines, and they would be happy to pour you. And they would usually be pretty generous with their pours. And it was it was fun. When I lived out there in California, and I used to go up to Napa periodically, and when... Uh, uh, my mentor started teaching me how about wine. We used to go up there at least once a week, uh, Napa and then down to Livermore and, and Sonoma and stuff like that. Everybody was free. I don't remember paying for any of the tastings. This was in the late 70s. What happened was that the idea caught on and I want to say well actually they're older now the people are all much older now but at the time the young people thought let's rent a limo let's eight ten of us get together and rent a limo and the cost of renting a limo spread out over ten people was reasonable so you would rent a limo and you would go to Napa and you would stop by the wineries. And 10 people, 12 people would pile out of the limo, go inside, have a tasting of five or six wines, get back in the limo to the next winery, pile out, have some more wine, and do this. Go up and hit 8, 10, 12 wineries during the day. They didn't have to drive. They can drink as much as they want on the tastings. And that was it. And it would cost them the cost of a limo. They weren't buying anything. They were just drinking for free, basically, all day long, just and having a good time riding in the limo and and going around having free wine tastings. And the wineries are, and this became very, very popular. And Napa Valley started to pick up. It, it started to get busier and busier on top of that. And the wineries said, we can't do this. We can't afford this. We can't afford to be giving away this much wine. And it it's substantial. We were we were charging three fifty for tasting at uh winery and at three fifty, which is nothing, at three fifty we were still going through a lot of bottles. We get a busy weekend and we'd throw away two, three cases of bottles that we went through on tastings. And so, you know, you think about it that way, uh, 350 or even whatever for the uh, 
cost for casing was really reasonable. And so Napa says, we're going to charge this much for casings. And they started out, they've gotten up there, though. I mean, I've last time I was in California was, uh, let's see, 10 years ago. Let's see, this is 20, no. Yeah, about 10, 12 years ago. And it, it the wineries I went to wasn't this expensive. They were like, you know, $20 and some 15, 20, 25 was most expensive. But $75 for tasting, uh, I it just, I, I can't see the justification behind that unless you plan on buying, unless they offer the price of the tasting to be deducted from anything you purchased. And like I say, there a lot of them do that. I was going to check and see what they're charging in other places. I found a couple in New York, Finger Lakes area, the same as Napa now. There's, you can tell some of the more popular places because their prices are up there a little bit. You can also tell ones that make uh, uh, high-end wine, if you will, more expensive wine. Their tasting prices are higher because they got to cover the cost. But overall, uh, you find just about all the wineries in the Finger Lakes areas that charge. I checked out Hudson uh, area, uh, Hudson River area, and a lot of those charged. I also pulled up what I could find in um, Virginia, and a lot of those charge a nominal fee. And I also tried to find other obscure states and stuff like that, and they didn't list tasting fees, either that or they didn't have tasting fees. I couldn't tell. So it's becoming something all over. Now, it might have changed because of the pandemic and they weren't getting the people in and all that. I don't know. I don't know how that worked on there, but it was... Uh, uh, interesting that everybody now is charging because they can't just pour all the wines for for free. You know, you can understand that. Okay, I will put this list up on the Facebook page and so you can get a look at it. It's an interesting reading. It tells you about each of the wineries and websites and stuff like that. So you can go check those out if you would like. Okay, let's... There's some other interesting and pertinent news that I want to cover with you here before we... Oh, geez, it's already quarter to. Um, let's see where... California's fine wine is is surging. They're selling a lot of high-end wine, even with the pandemic. I think people are doing it simply because they're home and they have an opportunity to do it and they are having it shipped to them and, and fine wine is really becoming a thing. But uh, prices for the top wines in California rose by 32% in 2021 and people are buying it, uh, not just, well, champagne and wine and all that. It's just, it's really has jumped up in total sales. Uh, 
there are more than 20 sub-regions up and down the state, but Napa accounts for more than half of all the regions of wine sales at 51.2%. And uh, so because of that, Oakville is just the south end of Napa, and Oakville takes another 26.5% of the market, and that leaves... Um, what, 19, 18 subregions that are splitting about 23%, 24%, or less than that, about 23% of the of the rest of it. So, But high-end wines are becoming very popular and are being sold and uh, drank all over now from California. Excuse me. Okay, let's see. Uh, okay, that page is done. I can go to the next one. And I say jump around these different ones here and find out what we got here. Mexican wine. I'm going to check on Mexican wine. I said that, and I, I pulled up some stuff on Mexican wine, and I want to check on it further because I will be talking about Mexican wine in a couple of weeks since we have a guest next week. Uh, so, I will talk about, uh, I told you about that, France says another Appalachian, I told you about all that stuff, okay, uh, let's go up here to this, and supply chain crisis, it's still an issue, a major issue getting bottles, getting shipments and stuff like that. We don't hear it anymore. It seems like it was the concern du jour for a while, and then uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine became front-page news, and we forgot about other stuff. Not to downplay, please believe me, not to downplay the, the invasion and all the, the, the terrible, terrible things going on there. But uh, supply chain is still an issue, and there are still ships sitting out in the ocean waiting to come in and still trying to get food on the shelf and still trying to get products in. And it is still hurting the wine industry and the wine uh, labels and bottles and all that. This isn't the article I wanted to tell you about. Let me find the one that tells about uh, hmm. but well it is an issue with bottles more than anything right now bottles are becoming harder and harder to find and when they do they are very expensive it is uh, creating uh, an added expense to wineries that they've never had to deal with in, in this amount of cost for bottles. Oh, geez, what is this? Uh, I don't know. That's why I should write down stuff. i just looking at the stuff says, oh, I'll remember. And guess what? I don't remember. Uh, no, that's not what I wanted. Uh, all right, well, 
and I'll run across it here as I talk. So I'll, I will uh, tell you more about it shortly here. Uh, oh, let's go into something else. Constellation brand buys Lingua Franca Winery out of Willamette Valley. There's what I mentioned earlier that so many wineries are being bought by big, big conglomerates, and that's why I think the number of wineries is becoming less simply because of that. Oh, here we go. Wine bottles are getting really expensive. Um, it says that uh, a alternative wine in a box could be what we're looking at because glass bottles are getting so expensive. Uh, it says that uh, it's from oil to the glass bottles that's been used for, for so long used to be the prices would be, uh, let's see, wheat continuous contract. It was a wheat contract, uh, which uh, down 1.64%, everything from wheat to oil uh, to glass bottles. Now everything is surging. This is 10 things winemakers won't tell you. The cost of bottles in the United States has risen by as much as 20%. And it's uh, also the suppliers of the gla glass bottles aren't as uh, as many as there were in the past. They, we've lost some of those during the pandemic. And one of the things too that's affecting it is oil everything seems to be made from oil and uh that is jumping up in price unbelievably high as anybody out there who drives a car knows and so that's becoming an issue there which affects glass and it's also the cost of glass to ship it and all that. So your wine will cost more. I mean, I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm just saying that as a fact. You are going to be paying more for wine, not because of the wine itself, which, yes, in some cases it, it is, but mostly glass. Glass is really getting expensive, as is a lot of stuff in the in the supply chain for wine bottles so look forward to that uh let's see something else here uh yeah here here this this one here it says this is what i was looking for if it will open for me yes it will this is says the situation is unprecedented because of Russia's invasion of the Ukraine, it led to energy prices that are surging and the increase in the price of dry goods have already hit headlines a month ago because of post-COVID in the supply chain. But the hike is going to worsen. Uh, price lists all increased at once on April the 1st. And you may have already noticed that we're seven days into April and you may have said, wait a minute, Last week, this just cost it. Well, you're right. It did just cost that. Uh, they're saying the director of the Bordeaux family cooperative group 
says that they're living from day to day. Uh, farms with 5,000 hectares of vines uh, and 300 member growers represent about 10% of the uh, Bordeaux region. And he said they're extending deadlines and increasing costs. And people are organizing the bottles they have to turn them into raw materials for suppliers so that they can uh, make more bottles. And it is a, a serious, serious problem. The pressures on the supplies have led to very, quote here, a very, very challenging time, which I've never experienced for dry goods. This is the director of sellers of Chateau, Chateau Neuf de Pop. And they're saying that the Russian invasion of Ukraine has brought about a lot of volatility and unpredictability. And it says that production costs that increase with energies and supplies is bound to have an impact on cost prices. And the question is, how far will this go before you actually find a stop or an answer or some way to get it taken care of? So... Uh, it's happening, and it's nice. It's not Russia. Russia is not causing us to pay more for a glass of wine. I mean, that's that's a stretch, but it is affecting the supply chain. It's affecting a lot of stuff, and it is going to get worse before it gets better. I'm afraid to say it's not going to be a magic cure if they happen to call peace over there it's going to be something else because it's still the supply chain is still an issue the wildfires that hit napa we don't think of anymore because it's over and it's done but the wineries that are rebuilding are having a nightmare trying to get stuff together and trying to put it all back to good they have met obstacles in different places they have had labor shortages uh, the labor shortage that they had in the vineyard has passed on to the wineries themselves and they have not been able to find the workers they need to rebuild the wineries and they have had money issues because well they're still complaining, as are many places in California, about getting payment for the fires and stuff like that and getting uh, help. And also, they're looking at the cost of insurance now that they have to take care of, which is absolutely killing them. In some places, it has quadrupled uh, from 30,000 uh, to 40,000 a year up to about 150,000 a year which because of the wildfires they uh, created a problem where the insurance companies had to pay so much so they have to recoup their money it's uh they're trying to rebuild them some of them are having good luck some of them are progressing and rebuilding uh, a lot of them are scaling back on their original plans of what they were going to build, and they're building something that's not quite as opulent or as large, but is just as good, and they're building it a lot faster. 
so that they can open up and get back in business. So Wildfire Legacy is still going on. It's from a couple years ago. Some of these wineries from the wildfires from three years ago. And we're still seeing problems with it and still seeing issues. Okay, let's see. Okay, not that. And let me see. Oh, that's the one I just looked at. Trying to get these things sorted out here, and it's not always that easy. Uh, this is from yesterday. Now, today's Thursday. From day before yesterday, there was a truck carrying harvest bins. And uh, uh, where did they say this was? Kangaroo Island. Uh, Australia. Yeah, a truck carrying harvest bins, because we're not harvesting here. Uh, was involved in an accident and killed a young driver, sad to say. Uh, the trailer and the load of wine grapes ended up in the ocean. Uh, the cellar will be closed, or the uh, winery will be closed in, uh, in respect for the young man that uh, was killed in the accident. What winery is he? It's not saying the winery. Oh, here we go. False Cape Wines. And so, excuse me, so uh, uh, an accident in Australia that uh, took a life down there during the harvest. Uh, Let me see. Uh, Oh, oh, this is one. I knew there's something I'll tell you about this, and then we'll call it a night. Frost damage in France. I don't know if you have seen pictures. Have been everywhere. I, again, San Francisco Chronicle had a picture of it. Even the Tampa Bay Times had a picture of it. It was tragic. Warm weather has hit France and all of Europe. Last week, first uh, uh, first part of March, they had some really warm weather, which caused bud break everywhere, not just on grapevines, but on fruit trees and everything. It just, everything started to bloom out. All the trees were going, yay, 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 it's warm, we're ready for the summer. And then a devastating frost hit. I mean, one of the worst April frost since 1947 is coldest April night since 1947. The temperatures dropped to minus 9 degrees Celsius, which interprets to uh, uh, about 20 about 20 degrees right around there uh, Fahrenheit. Uh, I think maybe a little bit colder. But uh, grapevines, as will any other fruit trees, cannot handle that. It's frost for vineyards uh, can be mitigated by putting on sprinkler systems, and that freezes the well. 
orange trees, everything actually. But turn on the <clears throat> excuse me, turn on the sprinkler system, and the water freezes on the vines, which basically holds the temperature at 32 degrees. It doesn't let it drop any lower because that's the temperature it freezes, and so it sits right there. But there's other ways to do it. There are some pictures out there. If you look it up, the frost in France, you'll see vineyards with candles lit by each of the vines, and they're burning candles to try to keep the vines warm so they don't freeze. And there's also wind uh, wind fans that they turn on that will keep the frost from settling on the vines. And this is also fruit trees, anything else. It was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was a, a serious, serious problem out in France this past week. It was, uh, again, the worst frost since 1947, did I just say, where was it? Yeah, 1947, and the second year in a row that they've had a frost issue in April. Uh, they had a problem last year also. They recovered from it, and it was it was uh, able to come out with a good vintage. The vines are less advanced in the growth this year, though, than they were in the uh, previous year, uh, and the frost event was shorter and less intense last year. And but this, they said that the weather returned. Uh, to positive figures on Monday, and this is set to last until Easter, which is a week from this coming Sunday. So it hopefully will warm up there enough that they can, from having another killer frost. And this is actually a killer frost. It's killing all sorts of plants and trees and stuff like that because of the warmth that they got in the 1st of March. So our thoughts are out there to France and uh, all the people trying to grow crops and everything, and obviously the vineyards, but all the other stuff out there, and uh, some of the some of the vines are a little bit more advanced, but uh, the frost not going to hurt them. But they're still looking at they figure twenty twenty five percent loss before everything's over. So okay, there you go, and I think I am done for the night. Let me look at one more thing here that I had a note by. No, that's not the one. That one. Uh, no. The, uh, I'll read this article and tell you about it. Scientists discover the key to terror. That's what France talks about all the time. We don't talk about terror too much here in the United States, but I'll read that article and I'll tell you what they have unlocked in the uh, discovery of the key to terror. And next week, we have a guest. So tune in next week and we'll talk about wine cocktails and how I'll have some recipes for you and we'll talk with him for a while sounds good um that is next thursday which will be 
April the 14th. Right. <laughs> I like when it starts like that. It's easy to figure out. Um, me too. Yeah, I always like it when it's easy like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think that's I think that's uh, all there. I was looking to see if there were any other notes I had. Um, okay. Well, um, nothing else to add last minute. We'll uh, close the show down until next week. And when we have our special guest, which would be yeah. uh, Chris Tunstall. Chris Tunstall. Uh, um, I had it written yeah. down here, too. God. Yeah, I, I think it's Chris. Chris Tunstall is. He's on our show page, so I already put yeah. in that show. Uh, join, us, <laughs> join us next week, uh, either live or on the archives, and uh, we'll have a, a good uh, live guest again. Uh, next week. Thank you all for tuning in. Have a great week and a, and a great weekend. Be safe and enjoy it. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Be safe. Thank you. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on the show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. Close out of cute things. Go back to. I don't think I'm still. There we go. Uh, Turn it down. I should have one button. Oh, green room.